welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey, you guys, it's Jenny. We just got out of our Wilco Grow Lab with Andy Razier, and wow, was it sure good. If you were in the room, then you know I'm just still letting a lot of it settle and sit in me. It was so good. We want to put it on our podcast. So this is the pre-roll for the podcast. And I'm just saying, get ready. Uh, If you're driving in your car, you're probably going to want to listen to this again and get your notebook out or get your phone out and and just take some notes because Andy gave us a lot of good tools. And he talked a lot about foundation and function and methods and forms and or that I know will be extremely valuable for you for all of us in the days and times that we're living in the Bible says a word in due season how sweet it is and this was a timely word whether your church has 12,000 people in it whether your church has 20 people in it this was a relevant applicable word today and now word post-COVID he talked a little bit about how Post-COVID was like the tail or it was like a comet with a really long tail and we're at the tail, we're at the tail end of it. And, you know, we're all just reel, reeling from it and picking up the pieces and figuring out by the grace of God and with the mind of God and the wisdom of God of how to get on track and who are we and, and where are we going and, and how do we get there? So listen up. I pray that you'll be blessed. We love you guys. And together, let's just keep helping move the church forward with our heads bowed down and our and our hands lifted high, trusting for God to do what only he can do. Okay, listen up with Andy. I wish the camera was always um, great on a on a computer so I could just open the window here and show you the 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 Rockies right here on the side of the church. But it's 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 beautiful. It reminds you that the psalmist, you know. Uh, was not trying to hike the mountain, but was happy down in the valley, which is often where the Lord is. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And uh, so I think of that often when I'm when I'm uh, outside here. Um, and I just moved here in December. Um, I was in Chicago for 20 years, um, worship pastor there. Um, and, um, loved it. Um, there's a little bit of a story behind that. And I will, I will say in one line, um, it felt like 18 months of training, 18 years of training for two years of ministry right at the end. And then, uh, and then, um, the Lord, um, orchestrated a move, um, out here to, um to colorado so never ever thought i would leave chicago ever wasn't planning to um but here i am and previously before that london 
Um, so that's where my pseudo Australian accent comes from. Cause even my British friends tell me that I sound Australian and I'm like, I have no idea how that happened. I, I, I believe me, it's pure British blood inside of me. So, um, so today you know, I'm going to set the clock here and, and get us done in, in about 30 minutes. Um, and then I would love to talk, love to take some questions, love to just chat. I'm going to hit something I think will be pretty generic to all of us because we're all part of this worship community uh, where we are standing shoulder to shoulder and holding up each other's arms, I hope, um, as we go from week to week. And um, But one of the things that you know Jenny mentioned, like kind of post-COVID, COVID is such a funny thing. Like now it's become like a thing that no one wants to talk about. But like um, in my, everything's like a visual analogy for me. And, and in my mind, it was like a comet that went by. And now we're kind of like in the tail of the comet, which is always just excruciatingly long. And, uh, you know, when you see these comets go by, you're just like, man, what is that stuff coming off the, that comet? Like the, the tail of that thing is like, you know, a hundred miles. But I think, I think that's kind of where we're at actually in church. Like, you know, 20 March, you know, February, March, 2020, everything hit. Then we kind of all ended up, you know, the comet passed by, but now, um, the shape of worship training has even changed, I think. My observation of it is, is, that, it, is that it's changed. Um, I was just down at a conference in Orlando this past week, and same kind of conversations. It's a lot less um, of how to, um, how do I do this, and more, how do I survive? How do I stay? How do I not burn out? How do I, you know, and the and the COVID comet kind of rattled us pretty significantly. Um, also, and I'm heading somewhere here as well, what was fascinating about COVID to me was that in my lifetime and in pretty much most people's lifetime who's alive on the planet, there was not one single event in the church that leveled the entire global church and comet and the comet of covid did that it leveled us entirely we all went offline or online we all went off stage and we all kind of had to figure it out and then we all came back at some point and then we had to discuss like what does that look like and what does the new post covid church look like and that draws all of my attention to um, this, let me say, um, I want to pick the right word here, um, observation of a problem that I think all of us face within this, which is the, which is the elevation of performance over presence. The elevation of performance over presence. There's not one. There's not one of us, or there's not one worship leader that I've ever met that's just like, oh, I don't struggle with that. Like, that's well. Let's just say, like, ninety-five percent of people would admit to it, and the other five percent are lying. So, so 
it's it's a it's a real thing. Like we we stand up on our stages. In fact, the one weekend where where I feel this the most, I felt it for my entire ministry career. Strangely, is the weekend after Easter, because Easter is the kind of catalytic weekend of the church calendar, or maybe it's Christmas in some churches, where you pull every gun out of the closet. And you got every choir member on stage, and you got every musician that you have, you know. And everybody's like, and also for good reason as well. Like God isn't looking down on our Easter services as we are just kind of doing everything that we can and saying, "Well, you guys kind of overdid it this weekend," you know. No, of course he's not. Like it's it's the resurrection of Christ. There's nothing that we could do that would necessarily overdo it. Um, but what happens is the weekend after Easter, something very interesting happens, which is, in my experience, is we've usually burnt everybody out in the weeks leading up to Easter. We um, have used all our resources. Um, we feel like we, um, and the and the big thing is, is that we feel, and I use that word very intentionally, we feel like we have to deliver. And that's the weekend after Easter, but I know that that pops up in lots of different ways within our ministry calendar. You know, worship from prayer nights. Well, this really has to rock because if it doesn't, like no one else is going to come back. And like it just goes on and on and on. This, these events within the church calendar were actually what we're doing, I think, a little bit is, um, and, and, please hear me out. What I'm doing is critiquing my own experience. My own, I'm, I'm all about this. Like anything that I'm going to teach is, is going to come from like, here's what I saw that I was doing. Here's the emotions that I felt. And now in hindsight, I'm looking back and I'm saying, wait, how did I fall for that? How did I fall for the fact that, that I was elevating performance over presence and it's not like one is on one side of the scale and the other. I actually told myself that if it was a great performance, then God was present. And that's also not true. Um, the presence of God is, unfortunately for us, um, cannot be manipulated by anything that we do. <laughs> There is not one thing that we can do to manipulate the presence of God. We can't manipulate the spirit. God chooses to do exactly what he wants to do. And a great example of this is that um, people from one side of the worship spectrum on who, who charismatic Pentecostal churches are looking at maybe like our reformed churches and being kind of like, well, the spirit's not there. And the, our reformed brothers and sisters are like, yeah, he is. Because the spirit has a personality and knows exactly how to behave in the right setting. So we welcome him into the setting and the spirit says, okay, great. Then I, as long as I'm not asked to stand in the corner, but I'm invited into the middle of the room, I will minister to the people in the way that, in the style that you have chosen to allow me to minister, you know, and, and, um, and let me be clear about that. 
you know, take a sip of coffee, Andy, before you say something that you'll regret. Um, um, <laughs> I made a point of saying if he's invited in, if he's invited in, that's the critical thing. Because sometimes our performance can put God in the corner and be like, here, God, look at this thing that we've prepared for you. I'm just going to have you stand over here while you watch us do our little dance. And, and so uh, where I'm going with this next 15, 20 minutes is how, how do we bring, how do we level it so that we can take our hands, just take our hands off of performance and turn them towards presence. And here are a few notes that I've made. Um, first thing is, is that uh, we have to change our thinking. Uh, I think it's Bob Coughlin who wrote Worship Matters um, that says uh, worship leading is a shepherding function more than it is a musical function. So we're musicians and singers, so we get employed into that role. Yet what God is looking for is, uh, you know, in John 4, 24, when Jesus meets the woman at the well, he doesn't say the worship that I'm looking for is uh, spirit and truth and a great sounding band or spirit and truth and amazing production or spirit and truth and three or four part harmonies. He doesn't say that yet. We do that because we've added to the prescription, but what God who is the great physician has said through Christ is no, I lo I'm looking for spirit and truth. And, um, and so there's three ways that I have kind of like broken up. Okay, how can I look at my weekend and say, um, did we experience his presence? Did we, was presence first? And so I'm going to hustle through this as fast as I can. Okay, here we go. Number one um, is, um, is God talking to us? There's three things, actually. I'm going to give it to you right now. God talks to us. We talk to God and we talk to each other about God. Okay. God talks to us. We talk to God and we talk to each other about God. And I wouldn't give you any of this unless I could give you some scripture to back it up. Otherwise, it's just not worth even saying. So God talks to us is Hebrews 1, 1 through 5. Hebrews 4, verse 12. 2 Timothy 3.16. If you don't want to write these down, it's totally fine because you can watch it back and and so I can just hustle through it. We talk to God is um, Psalm 145, verse 18, 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Actually, I just thought of another one, Galatians. Um, uh, forget the address but through um let us can um, let us sing to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs right that's um oh no that's coming up sorry and then we talk to each other about god ephesians 5 verse 19 which is the one time it says it i think it says it again in galatians so sing to one another um and so these three actions are incredibly important that when we are like looking at a weekend, we're, we're kind of like trying to take our hands off of performance and put them on to presence. Is God talking to us? Are we talking to God? And are we talking to each other about God? Okay, those are the three nails that at the end of a weekend or at the end of a worship event, I want to say, 
Yes. Yes, that happened. Yeah, but we we messed up on our tracks. Okay. Well, let's try again different next week. Next time we do it. Let's let's, you know, oh, we didn't have a drama this weekend. So we just had to get up with a couple of acoustics. Okay. But remember, Christ didn't say, worship me in spirit and truth and a full band. And in fact, a side note on that as well is I had a friend just recently say to me, I was looking for a drama. I'm looking for a drama. This weekend's not going to go great. All we have is an acoustic and a piano player. And I was like, it's going to be an amazing weekend. And she was like, why? And I was like, well, because you're returning the songs to the original format that they were written in when God chose to put the wind in the sails of those songs. Every song wasn't written with a full band. The song was written around an acoustic guitar and a piano. And you're returning, which is a biblical thing, you're returning the songs to the original format that they were written in when God was like, oh my gosh, I want the whole world to sing that. So why is it a fail when we don't have a band? It's because we've, we've, we've lifted up performance. Uh, yet the presence of the song was originally found in its in sitting around with an acoustic guitar and a couple of vocalists, and yet we've 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 said no, no, we have to build, we have to build. That's why with these three things, I'm taking our focus away from performance, looking at presence. And so, if that is, let's call that our foundation. Okay, let's call that our foundation. Now I want you to write down here are the functions by which we do it. Okay, taking a sip of coffee, music is not one of these functions. Music's coming, but it's not one of these functions, okay? So the foundation is God talks to us, we talk to God, we talk to each other about God. Functions in a somewhat important order, at least the first one for sure, the first two, Scripture. Number one, God is going to reveal himself through his word. God did not finish his word and then say, wait a second, I left something out. I'm going to say it through a young worship leader. No, 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 no. We are at most with the highest, the highest, um, uh, role that that we will ever achieve in ministry is interim that is the highest role we will ever achieve we are simply building something for the person who's coming next and the flowers in the fields will fade away but god's word will remain and so good stewardship is knowing that the function by which god is going to talk to us and we're going to talk to god and we're going to talk to each other about god is through his word because that's never going away, and we are. So that's number one. Number two is prayer. Prayer. You cannot have a relationship with someone you don't talk to. I have a rela- I have a great relationship with this person who I've never talked to. What kind of madness is that? You know? Well, I just let them talk to me. And, and you never talk back? No, never. So, so prayer is, has to be like someone in the top of the list. And let's remember that what we're singing at the weekend is sung prayer. It's just one language connected with another language 
that allows us to say that thing together. That's what sung worship is. You know, it's it's a form of praying. Number three is testimony. God reveals himself through the testimony of the saints. We shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, the scripture says. So do you, do you hear what the scripture says there? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, like testimony is so important in the building up of the church. It's It has to be on the table as one of our functions. Okay. Um, the last two, um, I think, uh, are important. Number Number one is meditate. Uh, sorry, so number four is meditation. Meditation. Now, I'm not talking about us getting to our service and be like, guys, let's just meditate for like the next 13 minutes and and do nothing because the worship team didn't prepare anything. No, I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about lingering in the presence of God um, so that we can say that we spent time with him. Okay. Um, and often I think in the, I don't know, I'm, I'm again, I'm going to be like totally critical of my own services, um, is that I sometimes look at planning center and I'm like, I think we're like hustling through this and there's no room to breathe. And the second that people get in the room, it's go time. And then we've like stacked the deck so much that the next time that they breathe might be the point where they're like walking out of the building. And so in that meditation thing, I'm saying just kind of allowing the spirit to minister to us, allowing God to talk to us. God's, if God's shouting, that's a problem because he's trying to get our attention because he was trying to whisper and he was trying to speak softly, which is his voice as a father and he doesn't like to shout. So if, so if, so if he has to shout anyway, I'm, I'm rambling, but you get my point. Number five is prophecy. That might be a bit of a buzzword for some people, but what I'm saying here is not, um, fourth tell, sorry, not foretell, but fourth tell, which is, um, Best example of this is your weekend service has a message and that message is prepared by your pastor who my pastor is preaching through Nehemiah right now. So what he doesn't do is just open the word of God, read Nehemiah, close the book and say, oh, well, that was it. You know, that's God's word for us this morning. No, he spends hours and hours and hours digging into God's word during the week so that he can have a prophetic word for your congregation, not the congregation down the road, but your congregation. You know, it might not even be the word for the congregation down the road, but it's your people because your pastor was put in charge of that particular flock of people to minister to. So that's a form of prophetic, there's a prophetic word because it's biblically based encouragement. That's what it is. It's biblically based it's a biblically based charge to go follow Christ and be like Christ. Okay, so scripture, testimony, prayer, meditation, prophecy. So in my head, just kind of like, look at me right now. Like I'm kind of, in my head, I've kind of got like the foundation, I've got the function and I'm heading towards the forms. 
But here, that's so if there's three columns here at the top of the forms list, I'm going to, I can put music. I can put music up there. Why? Because God loves music. He is very clear about the fact that he loves singing. He loves people worshiping him. Um, one of the, I maybe find this too funny and I shouldn't do, but at the end of the Psalms in Psalm 150, <laughs> maybe my perspective will change on this at some point, but at the end of the Psalms, Psalm 150, he, we just read God's entire songbook and then it gets right to the end and God says, do you know what? Just get anything you have. Just whatever you have that you can hit or, or, or pluck or, or sing, just get it. And, and just worship God like that. That's kind of what Psalm 150 says, you know, just, just get anything you have. Just, you know what? Just, just pick something, you know, pick a style, just do it well, you know, so God clearly loves music, but it's a form. It's definitely not a foundation. Music is not a foundation of our worship. And I don't even think it's a function of our worship. Because if it is, we will begin to elevate it. That if we don't have it, then it's a fail. And it's not a fail. It's just a form. Now, the forms list in our worship services should be an endless list. Because scripture tells us there's nothing new under the sun that God hasn't created. So we're talking about a creator God who made us creative to be creative in worship, which means we're never going to run out of, of ways to, to worship God. That's why the forms list can be as long as we want it to be. And you can put lighting in there and you can put a dress code in there and you can put the way that you set up the stage in there. That you, All the things that maybe kind of like, that's why I'm not bashing it because I, because I think it has its place. I think these things are important depending on like the size of your church and the budget of your church and the values of your church, but they don't belong in the foundations. They belong in the forms. We're just going to use these things to communicate scripture and testimony and prayer and meditation and prophecy so that God can talk to us. We can talk to each other about God. And sorry, God can talk to us. We can talk to God and we can talk to each other about God. And so some examples, okay, to land. Some examples would be um, testimony, um, baptism. Now, baptism is a, is a required thing within our DNA as Christians, here's water. Why not be baptized? Make a public declaration of your faith. But when you baptize someone at your church, they're usually giving their testimony. And their testimony is actually in three parts. Every single person's testimony is in three parts. I was, but God, and now. Everybody's testimony is the same in those three parts. I was, but God, and now, now the I was though is entirely different for every single person. Every single single person's I was was like is is as unique as your fingerprint. 
the but God as well, there's two best words in scripture, just like they show up all the time. I was doing this, I was doing this, but God being rich in mercy transformed this situation that only he could do, you know, or the other word in scripture that comes up like that is therefore, therefore, you know, and, and once someone starts telling their testimony, if we had all the time in the world right now, we could go around and tell our testimony. We'd all have of the I was. And then as we get to the kind of like, but God came along and things started to change. And I turned my affection and my attention away from all the gods of the peoples, which the scripture says is worthless idols, and turned my attention to the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And then the spirit moved and there was a transformation and I, I surrendered my life to Christ. And now I'm living. And what's fascinating is in the worship service or the worship event, when you tell those stories, there is a leveling that happens in the room where people who don't know Christ or do know Christ point towards that person maybe not literally, but metaphorically, and they're like, I know, I know him. That's the same God that I'm following. Or I want to know him because that person had a had a massively life transformation. Um, so testimony uh, baptisms, you know, in the middle of a worship set um, could actually probably, and I would say, I would bet on most definitely sing louder than a hundred testimonial songs because the song is a script and a testimony is someone's life. And when their life speaks, it speaks louder than a song does. Um, another um, example would be, um, you know, the use of, so that I don't appear like I'm bashing it or anything, like the use of like stage lighting, if you have it, could actually be really helpful during a time of meditation where we bring lights down and we're not focused upon everybody in the room, but we actually have a moment to focus upon the thing that we're putting right in front of us and, and getting down at Jesus's feet. As an example of a form that could be used. Um, but with songs, it's like critically important that we like um, the placement of songs. This is where I'll land. Um, is, um, is important because um, I'll give you another example. Uh, I'll just kind of, that's what I refer to as kind of taking a seat to the left and, and talking about something that has nothing to do with this to make the point which is that imagine all of us, there's a whole bunch of us right now, and we all go to dinner tonight. We find a restaurant. We all meet there. Um, you know, I'm standing at the door. I welcome everybody in. Um, we get to know each other. We're sitting down. We're, we're, we're ordering dessert because we have room for it, and we're enjoying dessert. And then as we're halfway through dessert, I jump up and I shout, welcome everybody. During dessert, 
I mean, half of you would be like, is, is the guy crazy? Like, why is he welcoming everybody? We've, we've just spent like an hour and a half together. Yet we do that. Yet we do that because we sing songs like, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here at the end of our worship services. And God's like, I'm a living, breathing, active person in the room. And you're welcoming me at the end of this. But we actually do that. We do that. We, we, we've put the performance of music above the actual narrative of the, what we're saying to God. And, and music could be used a lot more carefully. Songs could be used a lot more carefully if they're placed more carefully. So that as I land, the goal of this is not, wow, was that service good? Or wow, was that, what man, was that band great? You know, that's an impossible thing for us to achieve every weekend and hold ourselves to a standard. Um, man, I love my church. Like, I, that's great. They're all great things. But I think at the end of the day, the goal is sending people back to their cars where they say, God is awesome. God is awesome. And that's a presence thing. That's not a performance thing. No one will ever, ever really go back to their car saying, God is awesome. If performance was at the top of the list, they will say things like, I love the way that they did that song. I love our worship leader. That that experience was so good. You know, that was so much fun. But presence is is a thing that is set apart from performance. And if it's and if we really take like find ways like this to take our hands off of performance and instead focus on presence, then there's a possibility that we could send people back to their cars saying, God is awesome. God is awesome. Um, that's it. That's where I'm going to land, right there, because Jenny gave me a time as well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that as well. But I would love, I would love keep some, going. Well, I would love some. Um, okay, let me say one more thing, and this is me just kind of being transparent and vulnerable as well is that like um, this is for me like a great discipline because I'm still after 20 plus years of leading worship I still want it still, like if I've got a great band I love when it rocks I love it love it when it sounds great um but it's a great, it's it's the highest discipline, I think, in that as we walk into the weekend, that if we can just let go of of performance, we're not saying it's a bad thing, but actually focus on presence, then um I'm never ever ever looking for people lifting their hands in the room. This is a this is a this is a trap for us, okay? When the worship starts getting energized and people start putting their hands in the air, I might be the only person on the planet who thinks this, but inside my head, there's a little voice that says, this is going really well. Good job, Andy. And, and God, help, God help us from that because there are people in our congregations who are not even singing 
And we look at them like, why don't you sing? And they standing there and they're like, I voted with my feet and I'm too hurt to sing. I just need other people to sing around me, to encourage me. So visually, we're always looking for the thing that kind of like um, confirms <laughs> that we're somehow doing a good job. Um, there are two things that I have. Now, instead of saying, close your eyes, everybody, and just ignore all those things, I'm not going to be that guy, but I'm going to. I'm going to be transparent and vulnerable with you that there are two things that I think maybe give me the impression that we are going after presence and not performance visually, visually, like tangibly. One of those things is um, keeping your eye on the person who comes in who isn't singing and is very foreign to your community and um, and and being willing to go the distance with that person. That means getting off stage and going and finding them in the lobby and introducing yourself and telling them your name and learning their name and the name of their kids so that you can say hi every week to them and 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 close the gap between the stage and the congregation. But also it's about planning services and events it doesn't pander to that person, but instead kind of pushes them towards the presence of God. Because we can't manipulate the spirit, yet we can set the table for him. And, and one of my greatest joys has been watching a few of those people in the congregation and watching over time how they come in and they're Hard-hearted. I, I, I can visualize from right now the two people at the new campus that I'm the worship pastor at. And exactly where they stand. One's over here, one's over here. And I watch them. And I think, if I'm just faithful to the presence, if I'm just faithful to the presence of God, then I'm going to be really fascinated to watch what he does in you um, and through you. And it might take five years but i'm willing I'm willing to go the long haul let's go for it right and watching their shoulders fall and watching them start to engage the lord is a beautiful thing and the second thing is this <laughs> um now i'm going to completely like car caricature this person right now but usually it's an older person who comes up to me in the lobby at the end of a service and they do not have the worship words that we have and all the worship words we have remember are all like 15 20 years old anyway like all the buzzwords that we put around worship that we think everybody in the room knows they don't know and they don't care they just came to worship god and so some sweet lady will walk up to me in the lobby and she doesn't have any of the words she'll use all the wrong words like i i i always you know, I so loved your singing, you know, or, you know, I don't know, just they'll, they'll use words that just make me go, ah, you know, that's not the, you know, but what their heart is trying to communicate is, especially through their tenure and eldership as well, is I have stood in thousands of rooms and, and I have turned 
my compass towards when God really shows up. And when he does, I will walk up to the worship leader and tell him or tell her. That's not that person telling you. I believe that that might be the Lord sending the person who is willing to go and have that conversation and walk up to you and be like, I know that you're going after presence and you went for it this morning and it was there in the room and I'm saying thanks. I'm saying thanks. Thanks for doing that for me. What we do is so funny is that person comes up and they don't, because they don't use all the right words, we point the holy finger in the air and we're like, oh yeah, praise the good, praise God, praise God, thanks very much, you know, and kind of dismiss it. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 I'm kind of, I don't go looking for those people between services, but I hang out between services. I'm not a green room guy, I'm a lobby guy. And when those people come up, I always, I'm, I'm often like, I need to carry the weight of what that person said a lot more significantly than just a compliment because of the amount of services that they have sat in and what they're actually really experiencing in that moment. And that might be the evidence of the fact that we, we touched presence more than we touched performance this morning. That's it. Andy, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.